Welcome to episode one of Beyond the Borderline. My name is Aline and I'm your host. And as a way of introduction, let me tell you that I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder in 2012. I know that's not the kind of introduction you make if you're at a party or you're out socially, but as this is a podcast about living with borderline personality and other mental health diagnoses, I think it's pretty appropriate. So I am a firm believer through experience in the power of peer support and peer advocacy in conjunction with the appropriate mental health and medical care, professional of course. So this podcast really has come out of that spirit of wanting to use peer support in the form of me sharing about my own experiences with borderline personality and with acquiring some tools and coping strategies and skills and tips through a variety of resources including therapy that have helped me and continue to help me to manage the symptoms of this very often confusing and misunderstood mental health condition. Now, I don't want to go on a super long rant in this first episode about who I am and how I came to be where I am, but I do think it's important to give you a little bit of an introduction so you know a little bit more about who you're dealing with if you continue to listen in to the podcast and hopefully to future episodes. So as I mentioned, I was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And a side note, I'm in the UK, as you can probably tell from my accent. And the term that's used in the UK is now emotionally unstable personality disorder, EUPD. So I believe that if you were diagnosed now with this, with this personality disorder, you would be diagnosed with EUPD. I actually really don't like that name. I just find that it has really negative connotation for me. It's kind of a personal thing. I know some people much prefer EUPD to BPD. I prefer BPD. It makes more sense to me. And I guess that's what I was diagnosed with uh, when I was first diagnosed. So I just stick to BPD when I discuss the condition or diagnosis or personality disorder, whatever you prefer to call it, in these podcast episodes. So as a bit of background, I, prior to being diagnosed with BPD, had already had struggles with eating disorders, including anorexia and bulimia and binge eating disorder. I had struggled with substance abuse and with other mental health issues like anxiety and depression. And these had actually been formally diagnosed by medical professionals. However, it was when I hit a really pretty severe mental health crisis in 2012 that I finally got the personality disorder diagnosis. And although on the one hand it was quite frightening and part of the reason for that is because I think that BPD and personalities and disorders, excuse me, personality disorders in general are still highly stigmatised and misunderstood. For me, it was also a huge relief because it frankly explained why I was struggling so much. And I had really done everything I can to try and help myself. I had gone to 
addiction recovery groups, I had sought different kind of therapies, I had tried to work, I had retrained, I had done everything I possibly could to try and help myself. And for some reason, my life just kept spiraling down and down and down and just getting more and more dysfunctional and more and more out of control. And by the time I got my diagnosis, you know, I really wasn't someone who was functional in society. I'd been homeless, I'd lost my flat and had moved back in with my parents. And then I kept going back and forth and it was all very confusing. And it got to the point where and I'm going to issue a trigger warning here, I was absolutely suicidal, I, tr- I was self-harming, and in the end, I did try and kill myself, I took an overdose, and that's when, for me, I just thought, you know, I've got to help myself, because I had this idea in my mind that I was going to end up in hospital and I was going to be sectioned and it was all going to be incredible. I mean, I was really living in a sort of fantasy world. I just thought, well, I'll be sectioned and I'll get all this care and, you know, I'll be swept away from my my day-to-day life and I'll be understood and looked after. And honestly, that didn't happen for me. You know, I went into A&E and they basically discharged me within 24 hours and I went back to my parents house and I was just like you know that was the moment where I was like I've got to do whatever it takes whatever I can do because I've got and I've got to fight for myself because nothing's going to change unless I do that and so I have very messily and very non-linearly been fighting since 2012 and I would say I was fighting before then but for me it was that last piece of the puzzle the BPD diagnosis and then the subsequent referral for me in the UK to a treatment program for people with personality disorders that started to help make things make more sense for me and to give me a little bit more of a way out. So how have things changed for me since 2012? Well, what I will say is that internally, I still do have days where I struggle. You know, I still do get triggered. I still have intense emotional reactions to things that aren't necessarily in line with the reality of the situation. I still dissociate sometimes. I still feel numb. I still feel rejected. What has changed, I think, quite substantially is the way that I react or I should say respond to those triggers. I don't necessarily respond the way I used to in that because I have more tools in my toolbox and more understanding of myself and what I'm dealing with with my mental health, I have more choices when it comes to figuring out how to respond to life in a way that's going to help me rather than harm me. So what's changed for me? Well, one of the things externally that's changed is I now work part-time and I have maintained a part-time job for over a year. And this might sound weird to you, it might not, but one of my successes as far as i'm as as far as i'm concerned with this job is that i really don't like it and i've managed to maintain it so i took the job because i'd been volunteering and i thought to myself you know the next step for me is i need to try and work part time and just to see if i can handle it basically and i don't mean the the actual work itself because the the job that i took is vastly below my 
educational qualifications. I'm like incredibly overqualified for this job. It wasn't about that. It was about seeing if I could deal with a work environment, deal with a manager, deal with interpersonal conflicts, deal with figuring out, you know, making mistakes and learning to take responsibility for those. It was it was really about that kind of thing. And I have managed. It's been really difficult at times. I nearly blew up at my manager once, but I didn't, thank God. And so the fact that I actually don't like this job and I've managed to maintain it without either, let's say, storming out or or just not turning up or self-sabotaging or harming myself is a huge success for me. And I am looking for other work at the moment. I am also retraining. That's my plan to do that this year. I started to get back into my creative side because I am a trained artist and I decided to start learning jewellery making which I've been doing for a couple of years so I do make my jewellery and I sell my jewellery and I've had some sort of hypermanic moments where I've gotten like really obsessed about my Etsy shop and I've spent too much time on that and you know life it isn't perfect but for the most part, my life is is much, much better than it used to be. Okay, so what can you expect from forthcoming podcast episodes? Well, what I'm aiming to do is to keep the structure fairly loose. I want to keep it quite anecdotal and quite kind of conversational and accessible. At the same time, I do want to give you some practical, actionable tools and tips that if you choose, you can try out for yourself. And so what I'm going to probably do is each week, I'm going to choose a simple, practical, I won't say easy to use because some of the tips and tools seem really simple, but they're not always that easy to use. So, but they are things that are going to be free and in theory, that anyone can use. And I'm going to share at least one of those in each episode. So it won't just be me talking about myself and my experience. I am going to include a fair amount of that. And as this podcast goes along, I'm hoping that I will get some feedback from listeners. And if I get suggestions that feel as if they fit into the the mission and the kind of the general vibe of this podcast, then I will take those suggestions and incorporate those into future episodes. I actually want to leave you with one little tip that I was given in an online peer group for people with BPD and I found it incredibly helpful. It sounds like it's really basic and kind of ridiculous. Um, and I know that was what I thought when I first heard it. I was like, well, this is kind of basic really. But, you know, I tried it. And for me, that's been one of the keys is just trying things. I'm given a suggestion by someone. And rather than listen to my mind, which is going, oh, that's not going to work. That's useless. I'm in too much pain. This isn't going to work. I just I'm like, okay, that's all cool. And I'm going to try this. And it's honestly sometimes been as simple as that. It's like, I'm just going to do things that are being suggested to me. Because honestly, what I'm doing isn't really working. So what's the harm in doing this? Obviously, within reason, there are some things where I'm just like, no, that's not going to work for me. So this is a really simple tool that I have found incredibly helpful when I'm feeling really overwhelmed. And I get overwhelmed often. And for anyone who 
experiences depression or anxiety, this might be really helpful to you too. What is it? Well, it's the three item to-do list. So let me explain this a little bit. I'm one of these people who, again, having, having I see this as a very BPD trait, but I recognise that other people who don't have BPD may identify with this too. I'm a very all or nothing person. So one of the things that I struggle with is I'll be really overwhelmed and I'll have things piling up, you know, and it'll be, oh my God, I've got to clean my flat. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And what used to happen is that things would just pile up and pile up and pile up and pile up. And I'd have these incredibly unrealistic lists you know, I'd get up in the morning and go, right, I'm going to do a hundred things on this list today. And obviously I'd set myself up for failure. What I have found incredibly helpful is to just do three things in a day and or commit to three things. I might get more things done, but I have three items on a to-do list and it, and it literally could be, I'm going to have a shower, I'm going to walk my dog and I'm going to eat three meals or it could be I'm going to make my bed, I'm going to take my dog for a walk and I'm going to listen to some music. Or it could be I'm going to pay this bill, I'm going to treat myself to a coffee and I'm going to do something else. So it's just having three items that you commit to and because you're just focusing on those three things, if you're feeling incredibly overwhelmed, it just gives you that little bit of impetus. So you can, you get those three things done and you go, oh my God, uh, maybe I can do three, three more things tomorrow. So it's a way of just kind of tricking yourself, if you will, into getting out of that state of overwhelm without going into the sort of opposite extreme mode of, oh my God, now I'm going to do a hundred things in a day. If you're someone who struggles with self-care and that includes doing nice things for yourself, which is something that I really struggle with, it can be a really effective way of, of kind of encouraging yourself, let's say encouraging yourself to do self-care things. So you could have a to-do list, a three item to-do list with, okay, today I'm going to, I think I just mentioned it a few minutes ago, I'm going to go and get a really nice coffee from the deli that I really like that I wouldn't usually pay for, but I'm going to do it for myself today. Or I'm going to go and get a pedicure today. Or it could be I'm going to go to the park and spend some time in nature. I mean, whatever whatever self-care means to you, that's another really good way of using it. And it kind of just gets you to do things that you may want to do, but you're finding it very difficult to do for whatever reason. So that's my tip for today. I hope you find that helpful. I'd be really interested to know if you use it, what your experience is with it. And you can contact me by tweeting me on Twitter, obviously at beyond the borderline. That's all one word, beyond the borderline. If you do use this, let me know how it works for you. If you listen to this and you're someone who has BPD or EUPD and you have suggestions for future episodes, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you and I will leave it there for today and I look forward to connecting with you in future episodes. Bye!